This is Todd Haberkorn, Mr. Spock on Star Trek Continues, and you're listening to the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Let's get ready to podcast! Coming to you from the sick bay at Podfleet Command, it's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. A little worse for the weather, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Thank you so much for downloading and for being with us. We were gone for a couple of weeks. We had some scheduling things, and then we had some illness things, which are still kind of lingering. And of course, by we, I do mean my co-host and I. My co-host, he's a man that probably is living in a bubble right now. People are tending to him in, in probably hazmat suits because he may as well be, you know, um, patient zero in, in outbreak, you know, and um, he's just spreading germs all over the place. He's the highly contagious Dan Davidson. Dan, uh, cough for me, buddy. Show me you still care. <coughs> it's good to be here, buddy. Thank you. I, I didn't mean literally. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks, uh, but you know what? I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back in the saddle, so to speak. <laughs> Little Western phrase there, uh, and uh, and getting back to some Trek geeks because it's 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 been kind of not the same without it. <laughs> I gotta say, no, that, that's true. And I, I have to apologize up front. I'm fighting a sore throat, and you're fighting a cold, so mm-hmm. we are not at our best, but we are going to soldier on. Um, we were supposed to be dropping an interview with Dayton Ward. Uh, last week that had to be rescheduled and that's actually occurring this week and we'll talk more about it later on but uh in the meantime we've decided to bring back a fan favorite for episode 134 a a fan favorite not necessarily a dan favorite (laughs) anyway uh yeah we're bringing back uh uh stump the geek so yay Yay! Yay! Okay, yes, we always have a good time with this. I know you love to throw these ridiculous trivia questions at me. Sometimes I do well, sometimes I don't do well. But the thing that I like to like lean on and, and, and deal with Stump the Geek is whenever there's a Stump the Geek, you know it's going to be coming back around, and we'll be having a Geek the Stump at some point. So looking forward to that. I'm ready to go, man. Let's do it. I can assure you there will be no more Geek the Stump ever. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. We'll see. <laughs> well, after your last Geek the Stump, <laughs> where you completely eviscerated me with your question selection, I want you to know in no uncertain terms, tonight is going to suck for you, my friend. <laughs> uh, welcome, okay. Welcome. I hope I get Dan- one right. <laughs> well, you might. I, I think there actually is one you will get right. Okay. Good. Whew. Um, maybe. Okay. 
<laughs> Dan, of course, the fine folks who listen to this show love Stump the Geek. They may want to send us trivia questions to use for you in the future. How might they get that information to us, my friend? I can't wait to see them. Yeah, right. Anyway, it's easier than ever to get in touch with us. You can head right on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and there you will find a variety of ways to send us your thoughts and trivia questions. And believe me, we want to hear and we want to see those trivia questions. You can leave us a voicemail, you can Skype chat us, or you can even fill out the contact form and leave us a message about anything that may be on your Star Trek mind. Plus, don't forget, you can click on the big blue button on the right side of the website and leave us a voice message using SpeakPipe. And hey, you know, we talk about it every week and it's no different this week. We want you to join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. There's always great things going on over there. There's some great things going on right now, this very second. Uh, So head right on over. Star Trek talk, Star Trek picks, polls, contests, cosplay, anything you can think of. Plus... As a member of Camp Kittimer, you're going to get early access to the Trek Geeks podcast. So to join the group, go on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. One of our wonderful admins will let you write in to join in on all the fun. But please remember, any comments or messages that you use in any of these places may be used in a a, future episode, Bill. Oh, is that it? (laughs) You kind of skipped half the disclaimer. That's all right. (laughs) I was sneezing. Maybe used in a future episode. That's back to you, Dan. Yes. Thank you. No, back to you. Back to me. Maybe used in a future episode. Oh, back to me. Back to you. Wow. Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. For all the news on all the Star Treks, yo. It's treknews.net. <laughs> online at treknews.net. What was that, your Star Wars ending? Kind of something was like that. It was pretty cool, I thought. Well, I don't know. That was good. Lots of, lots of bass this week. I'm uh, glad you're not taxing your voice too much. No, no. So I was good. normally I start this segment with Dan up first, but I'm noticing that the one thing that's not on your news rundown is the fact that uh, Joe Piscopo is going to be at STLV. <laughs> oh, oh I, I forgot to put that on my news. Son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) um dan up first in news star trek discovery has been nominated for one of the prestigious hugo awards this is big news it just seems that every week there's some kind of recognition coming out for season one of discovery and yes as you said bill uh magic to make the sanest man go mad has been nominated for a hugo award in the best dramatic presentation short form category so uh this is a big one hugos are big awards for television and if i'm not mistaken bill this was your favorite episode of the season i believe that is 100% correct. I love that episode. I thought it was fantastic from start to finish. And uh, I couldn't be happier that it's nominated for Hugo. I think it's, but it's got some stiff competition, man. I'll tell you what. Space whales. <laughs> Space whales. <laughs> Gormigander. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this. Um, you know, we've been seeing for the last several weeks all kinds of recognition coming for Discovery and to see something like this as well as some of the other awards, I believe Saturn Awards they've been nominated for in the past few weeks. So it's great. I'm looking forward to seeing some victory laps, so to speak, uh, with Discovery when these award shows come out later on this spring. It's great news for Star Trek. Well, it's also up against, among other episodes, Black Mirror's USS Callister episode, which is kind of the 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 Star Trek homage. So I think it's kind of interesting that that that's also nominated in the same category. So um, best of luck to everybody involved with Star Trek Discovery. I can't wait to see what happens. And here's hoping they bring home the trophy. Big time. Speaking of Star Trek Discovery, Dan, new mellifluous tones will soon be released. Thanks to composer Jeff Russo. Yeah, this was a surprise. I wasn't expecting this. Uh, you and I talked a while back about Star Trek Discovery Soundtrack Volume 1, which we are both proud owners of. Well, lo and behold, Star Trek Discovery Soundtrack Volume 2 is coming out very soon. Uh, the digital version will be available this week as the podcast drops. Uh, it'll be available on April 6th to be specific. And if you want the physical CD, that's going to be available on May 25th and it is available for pre-order over at amazon.com. And, you know, Russo has done a fantastic job with the melodies in Star Trek Discovery. And I am sure that both of us are going to be adding this to our library. Without a doubt. I am. I haven't pre-ordered it yet, but you can bet that as soon as that thing's available, looks like Memorial Day weekend or just thereafter, um, I'm going to be downloading that to my iPod for sure. Fantastic. It's, it's such, it's, it's what I find amazing about the discovery music bill is that it has become so what's the word normal for Star Trek music in such a short period of time. Does that, is that the right wording that I'm using? I can't think if that's the right word. Cause I'm not a very smart, uh, man. No, it's true. You're not, but, uh, I assume that's what you mean. Um, I think it's on par with a lot of the other music we've heard throughout Star Trek. I mean, it's, it's a great continuation of that musical lineage that I think that Star Trek has always had. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. Jeff Russo's a genius. Uh, he's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, Dan, our friend, New York Times bestselling author Dayton Ward, with whom we will be speaking on this very podcast incredibly soon, has a new book on the horizon, and it's a little different than what we're used to. It is different, and I'm very excited about this. It's called Incredibilds. Star Trek USS Enterprise book and 3D wood model, as well as Incredibild Star Trek The Next Generation USS Enterprise book and 3D wood model. Uh, they are both coming out. They're in pre-order right now on Amazon.com. Uh, both will come with a hardcover book of facts and trivia for each starship written by our friend Mr. Ward. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And in addition... Uh, the wood models uh, will be available for you to put together. They're going to come together on a, uh, a laser-cut wood sheet, and they're going to snap together to form a dynamic, displayable 3D version of your favorite Starship Enterprise. I can't wait to add this to my collection. They're going to be available on June 12th. And I actually clicked the pre-order button about an hour and a half ago, to be honest with you, my friend. I cannot wait to snap the deflector dish off this Enterprise for you, too. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. I was not expecting that. <laughs> which, uh, which enterprise did you go with? I went with the original. Um, I was, I was going to go with both and I'm like, you know what? I've got the, um, uh, the, the broken one that you broke. Uh, I've got the one that you got me from my office and I've got the, which I didn't break. You did 
didn't break yet. And the yeah. mega blocks, of course, which I'm still working on, actually. So I, you know what? Let's keep it all in the family. Let's go TOS. So that's the one I ordered, at least to start. I, I love it. I can't wait to see how that looks. Um, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, I think it's really kind of cool. They're doing different things like this. Several years ago, there was a book that had a cardboard model you could put together and also insert LEDs, which I think is pretty interesting. Yes. Um, and then there were those metal ones, which were really hard to get off the the card, right? I love those. Oh, they're fantastic, <laughs> but I think I almost cut one of my fingers off doing that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I actually bought a little set of those little micro tools to use with it and still had a hard time with it. But I'm a pack lid, so it's okay. You make things go. And Dan, lastly in news, we're probably going to talk about this one at length. Um, this is more of an editorial uh, comment on my part, but... Some people just never learn, man. CBS has already had to step in to voice their concern over an upcoming fan film production. Yeah, and and you said it. Some people just never learn. And as you just said, this is going to be an editorial on my part as well. Um, A fan production called Star Trek Temporal Anomaly, which is being produced by a gentleman by the name of Samuel Cockings, is a former supporter of Axanar. And is one of the current producers and hosts of Trek Yards. And apparently, uh, AXA Monitor, our friend Carlos, has reported this past weekend that CBS has contacted Samuel with regards to the trailer for this fan film. Um, Yeah, so the trailer has images of the TNG crew, Picard and Riker and Worf and I believe Deanna are all seen. And there's voiceover of these characters of the original cast. Um, It's a clear violation of the guidelines that were released as a result of the Axanar lawsuit. So I, 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 you sent me this link this weekend. I read it and I was literally just doing what I just did a minute ago. I couldn't finish a sentence because I'm like WTF. What the heck? Oh, I was, I was completely gobsmacked. I mean, first off, you can't use Star Trek colon subtitle as your film name as part of the guidelines. At best, he could call it Temporal Anomaly, a Star Trek fan film. That's what the title of it ought to be. But no, um, that's already wrong. Secondly, he's actually using footage from Star <laughs> Trek First Contact in his trailer. I mean, now, granted, some of the ship renderings he's done are, are just are fantastic and mm-hmm. beautiful, but... Um, Clearly, using Star Trek that already exists in your fan film in any way is prohibited by the guidelines. He can't use the audio. He can't use the video. So I'm glad that CBS stepped in. And I got to say, I am already tired of some people in some Facebook groups saying, well, CBS just wants to, oh my to, to crap on fan films. It's like, no, no, that's not what this is. This is CBS protecting their intellectual property. And I'm sorry, if you're not going to follow the guidelines, this is going to happen. I'm I'm thrilled that it's happening. I mean, you, you know, we could we could sit here and 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 guess about how much um, involvement or support this gentleman had for Axnar. We all know what went through with Axnar and how that train wreck occurred. I think it's great that CBS stepped in and do what they did. Now, according to the article that that uh, we were talking about from Axa Monitor. Um, Samuel Cockings is being very um, helpful with CBS and is open discussion. And I, I can't imagine why they didn't think something like this would happen. Did they think they would just sneak it in there and, and not have any of these guidelines be followed and just nothing would happen? 
and what I have such a concern about here, Bill, is this is going to be now the second time that we're aware of where something's really happened. We know that something happened um, with um, oh, what was it? Oh, God, not Renegades, but uh, Tom Kraft's uh, second one that he was going to do, where CBS yep. said, "Hey, guy, you might want to hold off on this," and that went very well. As this happens, people are going to start bad mouthing CBS again, like you just said. People are doing in the Facebook groups, and it's just it's not the case, and it's very frustrating as a fan to sit here and watch this happen when it looked like it, how could it not be anything but a blatant violation that they couldn't not know that they were doing that? I I think they expected that there was a grandfathering of content that had been created before the guidelines were announced. And there just, there is no such grandfathering. No, You know, uh, he may have had it written. He may have even had a good chunk of it filmed, but the fact is he didn't release a trailer until this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that's net new. I mean, that's new content brand new. I mean, nothing from his production has ever occurred before. Whereas with shows like Continues, they had already had X number of episodes released to the public by then and had already shot their final one. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I I, I hope that, I I hope that he removes the parts that CBS finds objectionable and releases his fan film, because I think that that's, uh, that's a good thing. Yes. But he, uh, I, I don't know Samuel Cockings. I don't listen to Trek Yards. Um, I, I, or watch it cause apparently it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that, you know, they, they, you know, get, get ad revenue off of, of, of Trek yards and that's fine and everything. And, but I just, I think you should have known better. I, it, I scratch my head. Um, we all know uh, it was stressful for me watching what happened with the last time that this happened. And, and I can't help but get a little stressed again, with this one, I don't think it's going to be to the level because this guy hasn't apparently blown 1.125, 1.5, however many millions of dollars that were blown on the last one. But it's still, it's a little discouraging when something like this happens because it could have been avoided and we wouldn't be talking about it right now. But here we are. Well, it's and to his credit, to Samuel Cocking's credit, he is cooperating with CBS right. and talking to them, unlike other mm-hmm. alleged fan film producers that you know, decided not to do that. So, um, odds are this is going to have a happy ending ultimately. And I hope so, because I want to see what he put out. I've watched all the other, you know, fan films and I, I think it more content like this is good for fandom to be honest. Watching the trailer, the story actually looks pretty cool. Um, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Indeed we will. everyone that we've made it easier for everyone to subscribe to both Trek Geeks and also to Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery companion. Head on over to podfleet.com and find out how you can get both of our podcasts directly in your ear holes on your iPod, iPhone, Android, or other device. Plus, you can even stream our podcast now using iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or the planet's largest streaming service, Spotify. 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 They're your independent Star Trek podcasts delivered your way. So join our pod fleet and make it so. Interestingly enough, along these lines, Dan, just yesterday, I submitted Alexa skills for both Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek to Amazon. So that means in the very near future, you'll be able to say, Alexa, enable Trek Geeks. And you'll be able to listen to Trek Geeks directly on your Alexa assistant. Isn't that amazing? What's amazing is that you use the word skill and Trek Geeks in the same sentence. 
<laughs> well, it's a Lexus skill, not ours. That's oh, for damn oh sure. right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, I actually think that that is very, very cool. And I'm looking forward to setting it up on my own Alexa right here next to me. Well, and sincere thanks to our hosting company, Libsyn, who works really hard on behalf of the people who produce shows on their network um, to to make destinations like this available. It's it's because of their work and and their ability to tie it into their platform that we can we can put our plot, podcast just about everywhere. So I think it's pretty exciting. Podtask approves. Oh, thank you, Podtask. Of course, Dan, the time has come. We now draw nigh upon the field of battle where you, sir, will play another round of Stump the Geek. My battery's about to die on my computer. Yeah, your computer doesn't have a battery. That's right, friends. Dan will have to subject himself to a battery of just brutal questions. The catch is he can't use any reference material whatsoever. No computer, no notes, no books, no iPad, no websites, nothing. He has to rely on the information contained in his own WP brain to pull these answers out of nowhere. Oh. I will assign random point values for each of these particular questions. And Dan, we've made this a supersized Stump the Geek. Instead of the standard five questions tonight, you're going to get 10, my friend. How many questions does it take, Bill? How many questions? Sorry. (laughs) Send your questions. (laughs) Very well done. But 10 questions and a bonus. A double or nothing bonus. So we're going to take all the points that you make in the first 10 questions, if you make any. Mm-hmm. And um, then we're going to give you the chance to walk away with double those points or to leave empty handed like a loser. What? What? You make it yes. so much fun. I can't wait. <laughs> Don't I, though? You do. Actually, you do. I, I'm looking forward to the questions. Well, in that case, lest we begin. Dan, here comes... Question one. <sighs> For 30 million points. Whoa, okay. We're starting off big. We're starting off with a bang. Bang, bang theory. Uh, no. Okay. For 30 million points, Dan, in the Star Trek Enterprise episode Fortunate Son, which race is it that attacks the ECS Fortunate? Uh, really? You know I'm not good with 30, 30 million points, buddy. Yeah. 30 million points, which is not going to be anywhere because I didn't have the idea. I, I'm not going to bore uh, the audience with with me tripping over my own feet trying to find an answer because that's not an episode that I'm quite familiar with, so I don't even think I can... I can... gander a guess. I mean... Eh. I mean, you want to throw a little hint at me, maybe, for the first question? Have they ever been seen um, before? We have seen these aliens before in Next Gen. Okay, well, that really narrows it down. (laughs) I don't know. The Nausicans? That is correct. You've got to be effing kidding me. (laughs) No, it's actually Nausicaan pirates. You pulled that out of your keister. I'm going to cough. Hold on, I got to mute. 
<laughs> I can't believe that you pulled that out. I am stunned. I thought you were going to say Ferengis or Klingons or or something like uh, the Tolarians because we get those a lot in Next Gen. But no, you pulled Nausicans out of uh, someplace. And you, sir, have 30 million points. I do have to tell you why I picked the Nausicans, because it's not just yeah. by happenstance. I happen to be flipping through Netflix when I was ironing yesterday, and the episode Dom Jot Silly Hubert was on. Uh, a tapestry <laughs> was on. So that's the only reason why I thought of Nausicans. Wow. Okay. I I am stunned. <laughs> I stunned <laughs> amazement. So am I. I didn't even know Nausicans. I don't even remember Nausicans being on Enterprise. So that's great. Well, there you go. All right, Dan. Well, we're going to take your 30 million and progress to question two. This question is for 1.1 million points. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Wow. Yeah, I told you we're starting with a bang. Okay. It's, uh, it's going to be all over the place from here on in because I, I choose these at random. That's true. Buddy. That's right. Okay, Dan. Here we are with question two. For 1.1 million points. I know that's a step down, but you're yeah, very, very nice. Yeah, yeah. One point one million. That's still a lot, though. That is a lot. I could take it it's in a dollars. Good size. Yeah, it's a good size. Uh-huh. Dan, you're a big Star Trek: The Original Series fan, right? Oh yeah, I love. Oh yes, absolutely. Well, in the TOS episode, The Apple, what was the name of the leader of the Feeders of Vol? David Soul. <laughs> Sorry. No. No. And he wasn't the leader. He was the young kid that wanted to get with the girl. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I remember yeah, that girl. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they were red or orange or something like that. And Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and I'm, I ugh, I can't even remember the, uh, the old guy. Uh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pass on that one, man, because I cannot think of it at all. It's not one of my favorite episodes. Um, so I, I don't have it memorized, I guess, as, as well as I should. So I I. I I bow my head in shame because I'm I'm gonna have to pass. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, we were looking for Akuta. Akuta. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yes. Very, yeah. Well, Dan, on the bright side, you still have thirty million points. Uh, that's that's very good. I, I, I you thought you were only going to get one question right, and I didn't think it was going to be the one you did. So you could still get two right. But I still only have gotten one right, so I'm I'm doing all right, right? In which case, on to question three. Dan, for 16 points. Oh, wow. I know. I'm stunned, too. <laughs> when they call these values in, I'm just as surprised as you are. When Worf's assignment is finished at the end of Deep Space Nine's The Way of the Warrior, which organization's cruiser does he consider leaving Starfleet to sign on to? Oh, God. I just watched that, too. Uh, I thought you might have. That's a something right. Born right. Oh, all right. So remember at the end of Way of the Warrior, he's in Cisco's office yep. saying he might sign on with the Bor uh, is that the Bormite? No, it's not Bormite. Damn it. Uh I'm trying to go through the scene in my head like I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I can't think of what it would be. Uh, of course, this starts Worf's, uh, you know, four-season stint on right. Deep Space Nine. He does seasons four through seven. Absolutely. Making Michael Dorn the, the person who's been in more Star Trek than anybody else that's, physically. That's hysterical, actually. I know, isn't it? Oh, man. And Worf almost left Starfleet 4? 
Duh. I, I'm, I can't. I'm, when you say it, I'm going to punch myself because I, I should know this one and I can't think of it. Oh, well, prepare to flog away because Worf was going to leave Starfleet to join up with the Nibarite Alliance. Nibarite. See, I was close. I got the ite. So I got eight points? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, you get, you get nothing. Punch, punch, punch. Oh, keep punching. No. That's fantastic. Ah, no, bro. I knew it was an ite. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, that's okay. You still got 30 million points. You're still way ahead of the game here. That's true. And you're coming into question four, so you're almost at the halfway point of something geek. That's a good thing. Yes, it is. And in question number four, we're going to go back to Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. For 74 million and one points. Okay. <laughs> so you, you could walk away, you know, you go into the next question with a whole bunch of points. In the episode Disaster. I like that one. What is it that disables the Enterprise? And a hush descends upon oh, the I know this. I like this one. Yeah, it's this like is a, a fantastic one. Deanna's in command. Yeah, she's got O'Brien and Troy on the bridge with her. It's uh, definitely, it's lots of uncertainty all over the place. Yep. And the Enterprise encounters a... Oh, it's a... It's a filament. It is a... It's not a trilithium filament it's a quantum filament i believe is correct yes that is correct that is a great episode i love that episode <laughs> you gotta feel pretty good about that right that was good i'm i'm, I'm feeling that one i'm liking it i'm i'm, I'm kind of like you know rubbing my hand on my chest like yeah baby that's it i don't want to hear any more so dan you now have a total of 104 million and one points how does that feel <laughs> I like that one that one might come in very handy like, you never know. I, I know. That's why I'm saying it. When you get to the double or nothing bonus, you could that could become a two. two. You've no idea. Ooh. Quantum filament. Quantum filament for the win. That was fantastic, buddy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that means we're on now to question five. Hmm. This is going to be a toughie. Yeah, because all other ones have been so easy. I, right? <laughs> so, Dan, for 2,000 points... Well, I want to preserve that one at the end, ah, right? Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go back to Deep Space Nine for a second in the episode Heart of Stone. Love it. Great. I just watched it again not too long ago. Love that episode. What song does Odo say that Chief O'Brien likes to sing while paddling a boat in the Hollow Suite? Not Fair Jaca, because that's disaster. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Huh. Did I mention that these questions were going to suck for you today? Yes, they do suck. Uh, Mission accomplished. Yes. Oh, man. That's a good question, man. I know that he dislocates his shoulder a lot when he's uh, um, in the hollow Kayaking suite, or paddling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Odo went with him that, that one time, yep. or, or at least you were about in this episode. Wow. And he was surprised when O'Brien started to sing. Nothing. Nothing. Hit the buzzer. Oh, you mean this buzzer right here? Yeah, that buzzer. Oh, so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the answer for was Louie Louie. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Louie, Louie, the way he says it. Yeah. I should have known that. <laughs> oh, wow. I just, I, I love the fact that it was Louie, Louie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, trivia could also have been Hang On Sloopy, same song. Oh, I, wow. Um, did not know that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm sure Barry DeFord's going to be all over that one. <laughs> well, Dan, normally this is where we'd go to the bonus, but no, not this week, my friend. We are going to head into the back five mm-hmm. of Stump the Geek. Great. Five additional questions for you. Hey. We're going to start with number six. Okay, let's do it. Dan, number six is for 17,430 points. 17430, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to take a look at Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. And a subject that's near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Dan, what was the name of Malcolm Reed's Section 31 contact? Oh, God. Was it Harris? Harrison. Harris. Harris. That is correct, okay. sir. Okay. You want to know how I know that one so quickly? Yeah. Because I am a huge fan of Star Trek timelines. And I actually have a five star or four star elite character of Harris. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> I'm sure the disruptor beam will be very happy to hear We'd that. We love them. Well, Dan, you are now sitting at 104,017,431 points. That's exciting, right? I'm very excited. I'm trying. I'm, I'm not showing my excitement because if I really get excited, I'm going to be coughing all over the place. So, but you just know that I'm excited. That's all right. It's, it, just know that every word I'm saying hurts beyond belief right now. Excellent. Yeah. Dan, question seven. This one's going to be for a whopping 20 points. <laughs> I know. I'm psyched about this too. <laughs> Dan, uh, Michelle Forbes, of course, was Ensign Ro Laren in Star Trek The Next Generation, yep. but she also played another character in that series in the episode Half a Life. Yes, she did. What was her character's name? Oh, God. Uh, I love that episode, and we just lost David Ogden Stiers as well. We did. Um, so that's very sad. It's his daughter. I know that. Yes, that's correct. Oh, God. I, I am ashamed, and she's all like, boo. Oh, what was her name? It's, it's, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. David Ogden Stiers played Timison, who, of course, fell in love with Loxana Troy. Yep. And just wasn't sure if he was going to go home to commit ritualistic suicide because he'd reached that age. Mm-hmm. Oh, And his gosh. daughter named... Oh, stare. Oh, I'm, I'm not giving this one. I'm not giving up on this one. Oh, my God. I should know this one. She had funny... Well, in fairness... She had, she had funny hair. That's true. In fairness, she is on the screen for all of like two minutes. True. <laughs> but it's such a, in a, it's an important scene. Oh, gosh. I love the argument that they have, Loxana. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's some of the best stuff that, that Majel ever gets to do is Loxana, to be honest. And the fact that she gets to do it opposite David Ogden Stiers, who is an incredible actor, yeah. is just it's fabulous. Oh gosh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it's not Dana. Dara, Dara. That is correct. That's oh, that's such a great episode. And and we've talked about how I'm not a big Waxana episode fan, but that by far is the best episode that uh, Majel did as Waxana. I think. Uh, I'm gonna go with her Deep Space Nine episode is the best. Sorry. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. 
This one's a powerful, uh, emotionally powerful one, though. That's for sure. Did that, both of those are. I mean, they're, they're both certainly contenders. Maybe we have a battle of that on Trek Geek someday. Ooh. Well, Dan, you're at 104,017,451 points. Congratulations, Monfrere. Got that one. And now you're at question eight. Dan, this is a multi-part question, oh. of which you only have to give me three answers. Out of a possible what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. I got a 30% chance. You got a 30% chance. Math is hard. Uh, actually, well, you got a 30 per- 30% of the ships will be represented. Oh, who knows? You could have a 100% chance. Ships. If you get them all right away. Okay. Stun ships. Stun your ships. Dan, for 1,000 points per ship. Ooh. Name three Starfleet ships that participated in the Battle of the Binary Stars in Star Trek Discovery. Okay, well, you have the Shenzhou. That's correct. You have the Jaeger. That's correct. Then you have the, oh, the one that got oh, the Admiral's ship. Oh, damn it. There were a lot of ships. <laughs> a lot of ships. Tens. <laughs> Ten that were named. Let's put it that way. Oh, I'm... I'm I should know the Admiral's ship. That's the one. Any that... other ships that come to mind? Uh, the Europa. There you go. Yes, the That's the Admiral's yep, ship. Yep, I knew I'd think of that. I think Dan, that if I... you can give me... Uh, hold on, okay. before you go any further. All right. If you can give me two more, I'll give you 5,000 for each of those two ships. Oh, okay. Um, I think one of them was the Clark... And the, oh gosh, what was another one would have been, no, I already said the Shenzhou. I can't think of the other, any of the other ones that were named. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have to go with just that, man. That's okay, because that's pretty good. You're going to add 8,000 points to your bank. Nice. I'll give you the ones that I have. Um... I didn't write down Clark, but I'm pretty sure you're right about that. So I gave you the 5,000 for it. But on the list that I compiled, there was the Europa, yep. the Shran. Oh, geez. Yes. Yep. The, the Taplana Hoff. Oh, God. Matron of Vulcan philosophy. Yes. The Kerala, the Sioux, the Ride, as in Sally Ride, the Earhart, as in Amelia Earhart, the Edison, of course, the Shenzhou, and the Jaeger. I should have had the T Plan Hoth and the Shran. Those were, when I when those uh, not to pick on you or anything, but when we were sitting in the auditorium in LA and that scene came on and you could, they were talking about these ships, Champion and I were just like elbowing each other. We were just so excited that they were bringing <laughs> up those names. Oh, oh well, that's okay. Well, no, you stay. You walked away with eight thousand points. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like it. I uh, no, you know, no harm, no foul. <laughs> so Dan, we're on to question nine. Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> I'm almost done. Um, Dan, for 35,000 points. So you still keep your one at the end there. <laughs> in Star and this is gonna be this is gonna be the one I expected you would get. Okay. In Star Trek 2009, what ship is Uhura originally assigned to? The Farragut. That is correct, oh, sir. Boom, Wait, boom. let me give it let me give you the correct. There we go, it's official. Or as she would and say, you, the Farragut. <laughs> You got one more for the last one, too. We got to catch up. 
That's fantastic, Dan. You have added 35,000 points to your bank. Lovely. That gives you 104,060,451. Oh. How are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize we struggled into dances with wolves here. <laughs> oh, my God. You, that, I am very, very impressed, man. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Dan, I, I lied earlier. Oh, of course you did. I said earlier you were going to have a double or nothing bonus. That's not true. You're going to have a quadruple or nothing bonus <laughs> because this question, question 10, will actually double your score if you get it correct. Okay. So that means for 104,060,451 points, <laughs> question 10. In Star Trek The Next Generation's Starship Mine, Ooh, nice. yep. which is essentially die hard in space, yep. what is it the intruders aboard the Enterprise are trying to steal? Pretty sure it's true. Oh, was it trilithium? Trilithium resin. Hmm. Now I'm not giving. I'm not saying that's it yet. Let me just think about it because I know they have to put it in the container. It's the they have to clean off the. It's the barium sweep is to make sure that they get rid of that stuff. Uh, it's very unstable. Trilithium resin. I want to go with trilithium resin. It's trilithium resin. <sighs> Oh gosh, I want to I, I want to say that, but I don't want to say it yet. I want to think about it a little bit more. But I, I'm going with trilithium resin. I'm going with my first thought. Yes, that is correct. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. <laughs> whoa, 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 Kobayashi, <laughs> dial it back. Well, Dan, <laughs> I am stunned. You are right now have two hundred eight million one hundred twenty two thousand nine hundred two. It's all because of the Nausicans. I got to say that. <laughs> Nausicans got you off on the right oh, foot. Good buddy. Lord. Okay. But now, well, now we're up to the home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to rethink your excitement there? <laughs> your bonus is actually not too bad. I, uh, I actually, I originally, the bonus I told you about, I, I actually changed my mind and went with something a little different. You did. Uh, of course I did. And uh, I figured that for bonuses, they should be challenging, but attainable. And with that, we will press on to your quadruple Oof. or nothing bonus. Oof. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Let me start a little think music here for you. Make it so. Dan. Of course, last year we celebrated the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Dan, I want you to name every character we saw serve as a first officer on board the USS Enterprise NCC-1701-D. I will tell you this. There's five. Ooh, okay. Well, there's Riker, of course. That's one. Shelby. That's two. Oy. That that's a that's not a, an easy question. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, Data. Data was first officer. That's three. Oh my goodness. All right, let me ask you this. Now, you can say I can't answer that. Are they, are the remaining two, were they guests? That's probably two, that's probably something you can't answer. 
I, I can't answer that, but I can tell you that they served as a first officer of the D. that I can really think of. You got three out of five so far. You're doing yeah, pretty great. That's pretty good, but I'm kind of running into a big roadblock now. Uh, well, honestly, you got the three easiest ones, right. so uh, th- that's okay. Who's first officer when Picard was in, in Gambit? Uh, that was probably Data. Was uh, Worf was first officer, I think, at one point. That's four. Oh boy. In fact, Wolf was Data's acting first officer in Gambit, and technically he was also first officer in Parallels and an alternate timeline, so that counts. Okay. He was a first officer, so you've got four out of five. Oh, boy. Uh, this one's going to be impossible. Um... Let me ask you this, if you can give me another hint, because I know I shouldn't be asking for hints, so I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> what season am I missing the first officer of? I don't know if I can give you that answer. Okay. Uh, man, that's going to be a tough one. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to think of it. I can only think of those. Those are the only ones I can think of, man. I don't want to. I don't want to drag things on if I can't think of the fifth one, and I'm sure I'm going to be very upset as soon as we find out who it is. Okay, well, that means you yield. I take it. Not Remick. No. I yield. I yield. I cannot beat this Klingon. Oh, sorry, Dan. Sorry. Um. So unfortunately, instead of walking away with 832 million plus points, you walk away with zero, zero. Dan, let me run them down for you. Of course, William Thomas Riker, first officer of the USS Enterprise D. Data, of course, was first officer in chain of command for Captain Jellicoe. Shelby was first officer in the best of both worlds. Worf, as you know now, was first officer during Gambit. And lastly... His brother Kern was first officer of the USS Enterprise in Sins of the Father. Very nice. Yes, he was. Very cool. I like that. So that uh, that's the little that's the one that that, that kind of was designed to throw you and, off, buddy. and it did. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That uh, I took great pride in that bonus. It was better than the one I had from before. I hope you save that other one for another time. Well, I, it was related to first officers also. Oh. Um, so I, I decided to actually make it more specific because before it was give me everyone who served as a first officer of the USS Enterprise in any series or movie. Oh, okay. That would have been a lot yeah. harder because you still would have missed Kern. Yes. Yes, I would have. And I wouldn't have had no. any of his cooked burnt bird meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I have to say, you put up a valiant effort. Um, this is, I think, one of the first times you've walked away with zero. Is that true? I think it is. But you know what? I'm proud of the effort. Effort? Effort? Um, and uh, it's okay. You know, it happens from time to time. I enjoyed it. You know, I'm still I'm still proud of the Nausicaan thing. That's going to go with me for the rest of the week. So, yeah, well, <laughs> aim high. Aim high. Exactly. <laughs> Can't get any lower than zero. So, you know. We'll make sure you get a cupcake. How's thank that? you. Thank you. 
<laughs> Dan, speaking of thanks, we want to be sure to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission. They are every ounce of music you hear in this podcast, including the Stump the Geek theme, which is their song, Miri. Um, uh, not a well-known fact because we don't play it as often, but Dan, pretty soon we're going to have brand new music coming from Five Year Mission this month, dude. 25 days I'm so from right now. That is 100% true. So head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Please download all their albums. Become huge fans of 5YM because we are, and uh, we guarantee you, you'll love them. And you'll love them even more when year four hits. Year four. I, 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 I got to say, I love the album cover for what year four is. You know, the green tunic with the side delta. Just love it. What we've seen yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. It's awesome. You know what else I love, Bill? What's that, I Dan? love Deep Space Nine. You know it. I know it. I don't love Kai Wynn. But uh, no. in this particular episode, Kai Wen, you know, needed Kira to convince her former resistance leader, who's now a farmer on Bajor, to return some soil reclamators needed in the Rakantha province, which would be used for Bajor's most productive agricultural region. This episode actually set up a key story with Kira's love interest for this particular drummer. Drummer, oh drummer, drummer. I'll say it correct. Drummer, drummer, drummer. drummer. Um, it's a simple title of this episode of Deep Space Nine. Farkar. Yes, it is Farkar, who becomes first minister Farkar later on in the series. It's just like the word Farkar. Yes. <laughs> that was that was probably like your stump the geek showing. That was probably one of your weakest outings yet. Oh. And in fact, that gets an extra. Oh, wait, wrong one. <laughs> the horns of failure. Oh, my, and my, it. my. That's all right. I still have fun with them. And, and you know what? I think Fark appreciates them. He may say he doesn't, but I think he does. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's fiveyearmission.net. Please download all their albums. Of course, Dan, next week, the episode we've been promising will finally be upon us. <laughs> it seems like it's taken quite a while, but yes, as you mentioned too at the begin as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Bill, uh, due to some scheduling conflicts and of course illnesses and all that kind of stuff, we've had to reschedule this discussion a few times, but fear not, for the hour is at hand. Um, this week over on Discovering Trek, we're going to be talking to New York Times best-selling author Dayton Ward about a variety of topics, which will also include his new Discovery tie-in novel entitled Drastic Measures, uh, and we're going to bring that discussion over here to Trek Geeks so that you can all listen to it as well. Um, I, for one, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Bill, can't wait to talk to Dayton finally, and that's all going to be next week on Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast. Absolutely. And of course, from here on in, you know, we're, we're going to start discussing things that happen in Star Trek Discovery on Trek Geeks. So, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, then you've got plenty of time to binge. But the season's over now and we figure that we can discuss this track much like we do all the others. So next week, it'll be a special episode dropped in the Trek Geeks feed of Discovering Trek and we hope you all enjoy it. Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions. They're online at the thetricordertransmissions.com. I will be a guest on an upcoming um, episode of their Trek Profiles podcast in the next month or so. That'll be pretty exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah, I can't wait for it. But they have so many shows guaranteed to please every Star Trek fan on the planet. Please do check them out. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek, yo, please visit our dear friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 134 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. <laughs> I will love to have some of your replicated burned coconut meat. 
No. 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 Bye. No. They had to throw another one. Bingbong, governor. Hello. Tip top, tip top shape of the morning to you, mate. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's been a brutal few days, man. What can I say? We are just, we're, we're like patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't laugh because if I laugh, I'm going to start sounding like Nina Blackwood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have, you have the cough. I've got the sore throat that's. Just a couple of days behind your cough. Oh, brutal. Your face is brutal. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know what was not brutal? Driving in without you today. That was like heaven. It was great for me. I got to be at home. Yes. Yes, you did. Jerk. I got to drive in snow. No kidding. I don't care. Okay, good. Well, you know what? I don't care either. I do. See that you don't. I, I care. You're, I care that you're not feeling good, and and I want to. I want to offer you my heartfelt get well soon, friend. You have a heart. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Here it comes. <clears throat> sorry, folks. Yeah, that's what happens when I laugh. Sorry, sorry. That's yourself. I'm not gonna laugh. You just. I'm. You're just not gonna make me laugh today. That's all. You always say I never do, so it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I just, it's more of a pity laugh. Is that uh, the way it's going to be? That's the way it's going to be, Governor. Interesting that I hear a bit of an echo of myself at times. We, I think on your end. That's very strange. Very strange, I say. I just heard it myself, actually. Huh. I don't know what the problem is. Your face is the problem. Let's do your faces in the outtake. You're great. Yeah. Hey, it's baseball season. (laughs) So today, um, and I blame this on Kevin Reitzel and Norman Lau. Wow. I was watching Buck Rogers in the 25th century. (laughs) There's there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, but I'm going to blame them anyway. Oh, okay. I saw the post. I liked it. Hey, Buck. <laughs> now, season one or season two? Which do you prefer? Oh, season two, because it's got Hawk. And they're on the searcher. Yeah, I'd go with season two. Yeah. I because so. it's the season that's more like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I could go that way a little bit. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Excellent. Uh, no, what would you choose? Season one or two? God, you're a moron. <sighs> Excuse me? Would you choose season one or season two? Yeah. What? Wow. Really? So did you ask me 
question? You dropped there for a second. Oh well, that's then that, you're not listening. Uh, your no, your connection's I poor. Dropped. I had no audio of you <laughs> for a second. So if you asked a question, I did not hear it. Would you choose? Would you choose season one or season two? Um, season one. Okay. All right. What's the princess's oh, name? Ardala. Uh, yes, yes, Ardala. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ardala. Yeah. <laughs> I say that only because the camp factor is a lot higher in season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I, I mean, not that one isn't campy. Don't get me wrong, but sure, I feel like they kicked it up a notch when they started making it like Star Trek. I see. Would it be a Camp Kittimer in season two? <laughs> uh, Worst you've ever made. Yeah, it is. I'm just not on my game. I'm really feeling kind of scared about this whole Stump the Geek thing tonight because I'm just not on my game. You should. We've uh, we've elevated the game to 10 questions. Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Oh, better mute that. <laughs> that was my watch. That was my Apple Watch. I'm going to mute that. It's Glad muted. you found that out now. It's muted now. <laughs> my phone's muted already. Hey, look at that. It is muted. How about that? I'm ready to go. Open it. Awesome, just. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very nice. Very nice. You're, you're, right, ready, right. you're ready to go. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Let's do this. Let's do it.